0: Hey, everyone, and welcome back to a very special holiday episode of Chasing Grand Champ. As always, this is your host, Tom, and I am just uh, thrilled to have this guest with me today. He was kind enough to not only answer my message, but uh, in the thick of finals, take some time to chat with me about Rocket League. Uh, It's Championship Sunday. We just got done watching NRG win season eight. Congrats to those guys. It was very exciting. Uh, My guest, though, today, speaking of RLCS, is going to make his debut in RLCS this coming season. He has two seasons of CRL under his belt, two seasons of RLRS under his belt. Uh, This last one, of course, moving into the RLCS with. Oh, my gosh, you're going to have to afterthought. Oh, my gosh, I almost (laughs) lost it there. Shock. I know I got there. Thank you so much for joining me on the show
1: today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, I'm I uh you know, I thought the connection of and I don't even know if this is why you said yes. It might not have anything to do with it, but the uh the alma mater connection might have something to do with it. I don't know. I crossed my fingers and threw it out there, but you were kind enough to respond.
1: <laughs> well, I just I love talking about Rocket League and yeah, I I don't know. I just I like discussing things. I like putting my ideas out there and receiving ideas. So
0: Good. Well, maybe I, I'm sure something good will come out of it. So uh, I like to start off the show, especially since we don't have a lot of uh, knowledge of each other. Why don't you tell me a little bit ba- about your history uh, through Rocket League, when you got started, hours that you put in, uh, kind of when you got an idea that this could actually be something. Uh, why don't you go through that whole history for me?
1: for sure for sure. Uh so I bought the game about 6 months or so after it's release in December 2015. And I hope I remember it, remembering that date right. Um but uh and then so from then until right now, which is pretty much exactly 4 years later, uh I have a little under 6000 hours in the game. Uh the journey is uh contain quite a few ups and downs, but I'm happy to say that Rocket League has had a very positive impact in my life. Um, I love the game. Uh, I love every aspect of it, and um, I can only hope to have a long career going forward. Um, In terms of what kind of, like, the turning point was where I really wanted to, like, like go pro or thought I had the chance to, um, so... To preface it, I'm a super competitive guy. I love to, no matter what game it is, no matter what I'm doing, I love to try to be the best at what I'm doing. Um, It's just kind of in my nature. Uh, So when my friends convinced me to buy Rocket League four years ago, um, when I picked it up, I'm just like, I just, I have to be good at this game. So that's kind of like my mindset going into anything I play. And sometimes my friends don't like to play with me on things because I'm super competitive. (laughs) I, I don't, I don't let people win. I always want to be the winner. I hate losing. Uh, so, um, there's that, but I always, I always say this, like when people ask me, but there's one specific moment, um, where I realized I wanted to be good at this game. And it's, a little different than most people because most people either say like Kronovi or like Cux or like one of the OG pros but like I was in a ranked and I came across a player named Kazoo and this was really like early in like the Rocket League ranked seasons and uh, I remember just getting absolutely freestyled on all the way up and down the field he could do all this like aerial like aerial stuff and I had no idea how and I remember, like, just getting absolutely torn to shreds in that ranked game. And I and I specifically said to myself, this is the moment where, like, I want to be able to do that. I want to be able to be that guy who's just doing everything and, like, so impre- being so impressive. And that, that's kind of the turning point for me. And I think that was probably, like, six months to a year in having the game about, I'd say. So that that's kind of, like where I started and, and like how I got into like trying to be competitive
0: so that's that's really interesting uh, that it was that it was so long after you had the game as well so at that point six66 six months to a year into the game were you already sitting at Grand champ at that point or well like what was your rank around that time
1: uh, so this was back in when the old ranks were still around um, so I I believe this was season two of ranked if i'm not mistaken and i was like in rising star or in those yeah, like yeah, star those stars. ranks, mm-hmm. yeah i was somewhere in there um the first time i had gc was like early season three when they did that rank shift so mm-hmm. i wasn't very good but i had like the gc uh, title so yeah
0: the most difficult one to get yeah I'm not even a season 3 GC. So like <laughs> that's that's showing how much progress I still need to make. So at that time when you got siled on by this Kazoo guy, uh shout out to Kazoo cuz you wouldn't be here without him, <laughs> yeah. whether he knows it or not.
1: I uh, told him in person actually. Oh, you've met him. Yeah, at a local Chicago LAN. Uh I played at it and um I met him there actually. I uh, and I and like I don't know how the topic came up, I didn't just say it out of nowhere, but like I was like, Yeah, you're the reason like I wanted to be good at this game because you destroyed me and ranked one time. <laughs>
0: did he did you know that he was like a Chicago guy or was this like complete coincidence?
1: It was complete coincidence, yeah. I had no idea. Uh,
0: oh my gosh. That's <laughs> so that's such a feel good story. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean at least for you. Yeah. Did, did you destroy him after the fact? Then, <laughs>
1: like, this um, is what you get. I didn't. I didn't end up playing him in there, but I did win that tournament. Luckily.
0: Oh, there you go. All right. So you you won out in the <laughs> end. Yeah. Nice. So you you are only sitting at rising star at this point. What kind of shift did you? Well, I want to go back and ask you another question were you ever in the esports scene for any other games or did you ever take any other games like as seriously as you started to take rocket league or was this just kind of some switch that flipped in in rocket league
1: that's a that's a great question i um began playing um csgo competitively like like not not as competitive as i've taken rocket league but semi-competitively like again like competitive nature and such um before i started playing csgo 13 years old uh and then like right before my 14th birthday um is when i started playing um csgo and then i took that pretty seriously and i logged about like a thousand hours in it uh, and then i got up to like uh global elite which is the highest rank in the game at a, at a thousand hours, and I was like fifteen at the time, and I was starting to take it kind of seriously, and I was really enjoying it. But at I literally bought Rocket League around that point, and because um, right now I'm nineteen, and then like I said, it was back when I was fifteen, so four years ago, bought hmm. Rocket League, and then I literally like Rocket League like took over, like I almost completely stopped playing CS:GO. Uh, so <laughs> kind of that's a really interesting.
0: Term. So you you spend so much time in in Counter Strike. And then you, what was it about Rocket League that drew you to it? Because so many people, like once you spend so much time in a game, usually it's hard to pull away from that game and start completely fresh. So what was it about Rocket League that was just like, oh, this is, this is the game that I want to be playing?
1: Yes, yeah, that's, uh, that's honestly a question I'm still trying to answer myself because um, I, I love CSGO and I still do love CSGO. It's a fantastic game. Um, but, uh, honestly putting that, that many hours into it and like kind of really getting into it at the time and then just completely like stopping was really weird. And I, my only like theory is that, um, I love like the uniqueness of what Rocket League is because CSGO at it, at, at its heart is a shooter, obviously. Um, and I don't, I just think I've, I've obviously played like COD in my childhood and stuff and i think just how unique rocket league was and how engaging it was for me like i think we pretty much all know anyone who's played rocket league that that feeling of scoring like your first like cool goal like your first aerial goal like or even just your first goal in general and you roll it into the net you know it's this feeling of like elation and satisfaction that like i don't know it's super super hard to match and i think that's my best guess as to why Rocket League pulled me away from CS:GO so fast.
0: Did you play other sports uh, growing up? Like, so did you have that connection of like Rocket League being so close to an actual sport?
1: Um, I don't think it ever clicked for me in that sense, but I did. Um, I played uh, football and baseball throughout my childhood. And then I also, I mean, I consider chess a sport, but I competed through in competitive chess uh, through all my years in high school and then my freshman year of college. So, I
0: I actually really often I don't know if I ever say it out loud um, because I I mean sometimes you know I, I obviously do these conversations I don't know if I've said it out loud to anybody just in a normal conversation. I really look at Rocket League almost like a very fast chess game. like You have to be analyzing what everybody's doing. You have to be analyzing the plays and how people are coordinating themselves. And obviously, I mean, sometimes it's one-on-one, but just how all the pieces are falling around the field and where the ball is and managing all of that. Like, I've really been getting into chess recently, and this isn't a chess podcast, so I don't want to go on Mm -hmm. and on about it. But I, I really do look at Rocket League almost like the managing it and understanding the flow of the game is very chess like in my opinion
1: no i i can definitely see it and honestly as i've gotten more and more competitive and more and more experience under my belt with how rocket league works and like what it takes to perform at the highest level like it really is a game of understanding what your opponent is trying to do and understanding what the best way to counter it is and when you you really have to think ahead it's because, like, it's really easy in Rock League to fall into, I need to touch the ball as fast as possible, go up, hit it as hard as I can, because that's a really like one-dimensional approach that'll get you punished. And you have to think, sit there and think, why am I getting punished for either, like one, like being the fastest to the ball, or two, hitting it the hardest. It's because these different strategies, they require a lot of time and energy, and you have to think moves and moves ahead, or hits and hits ahead. You have to be able to understand the totality of what's going on in the game rather than just yourself or hitting the ball. So I can definitely agree in that aspect of how it's close to chess.
0: Yeah. Do you, in thinking about that, do you feel like your ability to think ahead or really analyze multiple things that are going on at the same time from chess or playing, like playing competitive chess as an advantage for you in rocket league, like mushing those two things together?
1: Um, I'd say, I wouldn't say it's like a direct like benefit where I feel like, yeah, chess has really propelled me to like this different like level of the game. Sure. But I, but I would say just the overall mindset that, that you, that kind of chess breeds in the sense that you, you need to always have your opponent's like ideas in mind and it can't just be all about you because Rocket League um is a lot about prophylaxis. It's about it's about trying to not only assert like what your team wants to do, but it's also about um, denying what your opponent wants to do. Um, and that's probably why you see the bump meta happen, like coming up so much in the recent seasons is because you're denying what your power, your opponent wants to rotate. What do you want to do? So I think in that sense, like that prophylactic aspect is what I really like try to bring um, from chess to rocket league. Hmm. Interesting.
0: I think I, I grew up, I played soccer growing up, but then my high school didn't have soccer. Um, and I don't necessarily, like you're hitting a ball into a goal, but I don't necessarily know. And somebody else said this on a, on a past episode, like I wouldn't necessarily equate Rocket League directly to soccer, just because you are playing quote unquote soccer. Uh, but I played a lot of sports growing up. And I think that's really what drew me into the game. Like I I had almost completely fallen off of playing video games until in 2015, I was on Twitch uh, and just saw this car flying towards a soccer ball and they called it Rocket League. And then I saw Cronovi streaming it and I was like, I need to play this game. And it like I have 2,800 hours now uh, and I just can't play any other games. Or I don't want to because I want to continue getting better. Like I don't really, it just completely drew me in. Do you play other, I mean, now that it's like your thing, obviously, but you're still going to school, do you spend time playing games? Like, do you mix it up every now and then? Or do you, when you sit down, are you playing Rocket League?
1: Um, That's a good question. I, I genuinely like to mix it up because as much as I love Rocket League and love it's like unique ability to grab my attention i also i mean everyone falls in the trap of getting annoyed with it because when when you're just on a losing streak or like rank doesn't really get into like it can really it can really get on your skin and it's nice just to like relax and like play some party games like i i generally do generally do like to mix it up with like like last night i just played a pummel party um, that's a really fun game. If anyone doesn't know, it's basically like Mario Party for the PC, um, hmm. and like uh, other seam games. Like I really, really enjoy like plot-driven single-player games. Uh, like recently, uh, the newest God of War, um, uh, Sekiro: Shadows Die Twice, like Bloodborne, those kind of games. Like I really, really enjoy like being able to take my mind somewhere else and really focus on other things. Because Rocket League can't... You can get in kind of a rut with Rocket League sometimes. So I do like to mix it up.
0: Okay, so you don't mind. I, and it it certainly is good to have something that you can kind of step away from with the game. So I completely understand that. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about like that shift that you made uh, after this game with Kazoo. Because you're going along uh, it's season two. So you might have a few hundred hours by then. I mean, who knows how many hours you were in the game by then? How did you treat the game differently after that game, as opposed to before that game? How did your habits change or maybe how you looked at the game change?
1: Um, so in terms of my habits, um, I definitely started to, instead of just playing the game to play it, I started to really like you know, I was watching a lot of YouTube tutorials. I was taking the time to save my replays and look at them because I really wanted to analyze what I was doing wrong and how I could fix them. And that's a key part of Rocket League. A lot of people fall into the trap of just playing it to play it and assuming they'll get better. But it's a lot about being very specific and focused on what you need to do. So I'd say that was a big change. Um also I do want to note that at the time, like I said, I was fifteen and um, I even though like I did start implementing those things still a lot of what holds you back especially that age for most players is mindset and at the time I'd still get tilted very easily and I'd let things get to me and I'm sure that stunted some development a bit but I mean as it does with every young player like it it's kind of an inevitability so I believe really a lot of my improvement came like, a lot of my fast improvement came about two or so years after that point.
0: After you decided to take it more seriously? Yeah. Okay. So, that's when you're 17. And mm-hmm. what what was the difference then? Like, what happened after a couple of years of really being in the game and taking it more seriously? Were you... I'm guessing you were Grand Champ at that point.
1: Yeah, I, I hit Grand Champ... um, Like, around, like, four to 500 hours.
0: Okay. So, then, what was the difference in this kind of second phase of change that took you from, you know, point A to point B?
1: I think um, a lot of it was to do with the creation of the six-man server. Um, Okay. That was something I was super, super interested in. Uh, So, I also... Um, to build on the last point I made, like being 17 and having a few years under my belt, my mentality was still needed improvement, but it was significantly better than what it was. Um, So that's definitely a part of it. But yeah, I think I have to attribute a lot of to the success I've had to six mans because I loved six mans. And so when it was created, I uh, rank checked into rank A. Uh, uh, that was when they like first created rank a, where like, you just needed to be like GC at a certain level to like check in. Mm-hmm. So I played that and I, um, I did decently well in rank a at the time. Um, and I, yeah, I just adored six mans and I put a lot of my rocket league time and effort into six mans and trying to go through the ranks and get better. So I have to attribute a lot of my success to six mans and the environment it created for me.
0: Is Six Mans a little bit tighter on who you queue into than like normal ranked?
1: Uh, yeah. Six Mans, um,
0: like I th- haven't spent a lot of time in there. Uh, so why don't you go over that a little bit for me if you don't mind?
1: Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, Six Mans is basically like it's basically an organized like pickup game system. Uh, so they sort you by rank. So when I said rank A, that's a certain like broad like skill level that they place a certain like amount of people in and then like going down or up is gonna like also group people by skill level so right now the top rank is rank pro which is rlcs players and then it's rank s and then rank x which is considered like rlrs level and then it's rank a which is about bubble player level and then down is like b plus b um and then c d etc and so, is there a
0: B plus and a B? Yep. Oh, okay.
1: Um, and basically the whole goal of it is to put you with similarly skilled players and, uh, and it's, it's to try to rank up and get better and win. So um, it's basically just it's a more effective way to group skill levels than ranked is. Uh, and it's also towards the goal of like being able to compete against those players that are considered better by succeeding through this like the elo system that's in place
0: because they have like their own elo system constructed for that right or is it mostly just like you win and once you get enough wins you rank or how does that work
1: yeah yeah it's an elo system actually an elo system very similar to chess um okay ELO. yeah um so yeah you get a certain like wins against certain players like we'll give so to be more specific let's say that your ELO is towards like the bottom of that rank and you play against people who are at more sort of the top of the leaderboard in that rank, you're going to get more ELO for beating them and vice versa. If you're at the top and you lose people at the bottom, you'll lose more. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, and then obviously like uh, wins will get you ELO, losses will lose you ELO. And then if you can just stack up enough wins um, over time, you can build up your ELO to the point where you hit the promotion ELO and you go up to the next rank.
0: Got it. Okay, so then you mostly did you make any connections with people that you played with in there that you played with outside of that? Or was it mostly just like grinding those games, which helped you get better and better?
1: Yeah, I I made some connections um, early on um, that uh, some of them are still my friends today. Um, And I but I'd say in that point in my career um the connections i mean they were just friends they didn't really like get me anywhere into like the certain group that would help me like promote because actually my my experience in rank a was um quite poor because at the time uh the rank above it rank x um there was a council that like it, it basically it was very biased it would it wouldn't allow like they'd only like allow their friends to promote and like they really wouldn't like vote on people, other people who weren't their friends to promote. That was mm-hmm. a time when six men's, yeah, the, the council, it was pretty like poorly designed, but eventually they um, started like the mods in there started promoting people. Um, like, cause there was a lot of times where I'd have like a pretty good record. Um, oh, this is a, actually, I needed to clarify this back then. When I was ranked A, it was only promotion through council vote. It wasn't promotion through ELO. ELO came later, like, in the current day. So okay. that's an important distinction to make that I forgot about. It's been so long. Um, so I was consistently, like, getting very good records in ranked A, but I wouldn't promote because I wouldn't have, like, those friends who would vote me in. Uh, but eventually I got my first chance in rank X, which, again, is considered was considered, like, RLRS level. Um... When, a, when the mods promoted me. And then what happened was I played that season. I went seven and 11 and then I got demoted, which is fair. I deserved to be demoted. I wasn't good enough, but that mm-hmm. chance was all I needed because in the coming, in the coming month, I got another really good record again in rank a, it was like 27 and 11 or something along those lines. And um, I promoted again. And then from that point on, I stayed in rank X and then the story builds from there.
0: Yeah. And so I, I want to talk about mentality, not quite yet, because there are so many other things that come to my mind, but I feel like that is an excellent example of how important it is to have a good mentality because so many people getting demoted would just be like, well, okay, that's it. I'm garbage trash player. Mm-hmm. I just need to quit or just not be able to bring back their confidence enough so that they can perform well enough in the future to move back up so that's that's really good to hear that you know if you just keep trying and keep working you can create success even though you might have have some kind of setback
1: absolutely i've uh i've endured quite a few setbacks in this game so i know exactly it's very true it's very true so
0: I, I will come back to that, but I want to go back to the beginning of your story a little bit more. going back to rising star, what were the first kind of big shift you make and start getting better? what are what are some of the changes that you made in your game or even maybe when you were seventeen and making that next big jump? What were some of the changes that you made in your game specifically on how you played or how you looked at the game or like what you were practicing? Any of those things that really helped you uh, go to the next level?
1: Um, My whole objective during that time was to be as supportive of of a player as possible. Because kind of the way I think about, I thought about the game, like in terms of like, if you're just playing in ranked or you're in six mans, et cetera, um, you need to adapt to your teammates because they're not going to adapt to you. It's kind of like the mindset I use when specifically in game. If my whole objective is to play around my teammates and to make sure they do what they want to do and I'll fill in the gaps because I feel like that's what generally my strength was. Um, I feel like I I'm confident in myself enough to say like I can play like any position that I'm needed to on the field. And even though like at certain points it may not be exceptional, like you see, like, a player like i don't know per se like astral who is ridiculous mechanically and like plays that offensive role exceptionally well um, who is also now mad rounded out his game very well on the defensive end as well but like i don't i wouldn't say i necessarily do any specific role exceptionally well but my whole like goal in terms of learning this game and understanding it is being a valuable asset um and a serviceable one in any of like the three areas of the field, whether it be defense, midfield, or offense.
0: Got it. Okay. So it's, it's interesting that you say that in terms of improving, because my big focus right now, I, I, I snuck into champ three in season 12, which felt really good. And then I slowly, slowly moved my way back to champ one. And I'd be interested in your perspective on this because part of it, I think is I do not focus on something long enough to actually not even master it, but like get better at it. So I'm bouncing around in between all of these different things. Um, I, I would say that I got to champ three, playing that supportive role. And then once I got to champ three, it might've been a little bit nerves, but it was also some, I didn't feel like I was fast enough to really keep up with the game. And then, so in, I switched my mindset into trying to play faster. And of course that made my mechanics go down. That made my consistency and accuracy go down. So how do you balance or How did you uh, get better at being able to play faster, but then also play consistently? Like I I feel like I'm hitting this wall of just not being able to play consistent enough at a speed in which I can rank up. So I'm trying to get myself in a good rotation and play a little bit more aggressively maybe at a faster pace, but then I'll make mistakes or, you know, leave my teammates in a bind something like that. Um so I guess how did you take that next step speed wise so that you could play more effectively and, and get to a level of a grand champ? That was a whole lot, but I'm wondering <laughs> if you can pull some answers out of all that nonsense that just came out of my mouth.
1: No, it's okay. Um so I think first thing uh to touch on what you said at the beginning, focusing on um one thing and mastering it it's it's so so important in Rocket league to not overwhelm yourself with like both like knowledge and like not to spread your attention span thin because when it comes down to it um even though like you you could identify multiple multiple things wrong with your game but the only way you're going to see significant improvement is if you're on them one at a time. Because if you spread your focus across multiple different areas where you're not succeeding, then you're end up going to end up being like probably mediocre at everything you've learned instead of mastering things one at a time. So how I went about getting to that consistent pace and speed and decision making to rank up it was all about what i just said it's about focusing on one thing at a time that you're doing wrong so right like in, in a rank game i notice i like i'm getting beat to the ball consistently i need to figure out why so i go into a replay i understand one that my double jump air or my double jump fast aerial um, I'm not performing it correctly, but I also identify that my positioning's a little off, so I'm going up a little bit slower than I am. So, uh, so I'm going up a little bit slower than they are. Like, I'm not in that position to be able to execute on their touches. So what I need to do is I need to take each of those at a time and spend my time trying to improve on those in each of my following games. So um, one game I'm focusing completely on, I need to be in the right spot. I need to understand that... This is where the ball is going to be hit, and I need to be ready for it here so I can go up for it um, and be up – and so I can be in the right position to go up for it as fast as possible. Even if you're still getting beat to the ball because your actual mechanics aren't good enough um, or aren't at that pace yet, being in the right spot over and over again is going to put you in that – put you in the – An environment to succeed. And then once your mechanics are up to pace, which I say mechanics are mostly hours and trying things over and over. Once your mechanics get up to that pace and you're, but now you're in the right position all the time. So once you've kind of singled things out and worked in them individually, it'll come together as a unit over time.
0: So then would you ever spend time when you practice things? So say going back to that fast aerial, was that purely just in games over and over again, that you would work on that, or did you spend any time in free play working on things, uh, custom training working on things? Uh, what was what would be a process for you?
1: Absolutely. Um, one of the biggest things you can do with Rocket League, especially for people on a, uh, using it on PC and Steam, is utilize everything you have at your disposal. Free play is big, spend a lot of time in free play because. Free play gives the opportunity to set up things the exact way you want them. No defenders around. You zone in and you just do what you need to do. Also custom training, anything on the featured list, anything in like the explore page of all that custom training, super, super effective, like find something that really caters to what you're trying to improve at and practice it over and over and over. Like, and then also for people on Steam specifically, workshop maps can be super useful in, especially in aerial car control in um like um other aspects of your game like dribbling like you've seen the dribbling challenges Mm -hmm. etc um but i i think especially like some of the workshop maps are very good for aerial car control so like when you combine all your different tools together and you put the time in and i want to stress that these things don't come easy or with a low amount of hours because you have to the Kind of the great thing and bad thing about Rocket League, one, it's so unique, but two, it's so unique that you really need to put the time in because you're not going to have the skills from other games that you can just apply to Rocket League. It's going to take specific training and a lot of hours to master like the different aspects of Rocket League.
0: What do you feel like is your greatest strength in the game?
1: Hmm. Um... I would say my greatest strength is my ability to shoot the ball. I think, I mean, I think that's kind of it's kind of counterintuitive. I said earlier with like being like supportive and like letting your teammates do whatever, but often on my teams, I find myself kind of filling that like cleanup shooter role, mm-hmm. and. I think that has, I mean, just over time, like I just had a lot of hours doing it. And like, I think that's really where my strength is kind of, kind of, uh, came to French fruition. Sorry. Um, I, I, I just <laughs> in general, well, I'm starting out Uh, in general, I really just like, am good at like hitting the ball hard <laughs> at the net. Like <laughs> it's just, it's, <laughs> it, it it's simple enough, but it's also like a whole aspect of positioning and being aware of like where your teammates don't hit the ball and like it's just it's something I've come to be good at. I don't really know how it happened or why it's just what I end up have ended up being good at.
0: I think again, it goes back to like what you focus on, and especially you know connecting that to you being a supportive player. You could see it in r l c s today so many times. The first guy would put it off the back wall or in the corner and it would open up something for the second guy. The second guy would hit it off the crossbar or right above the net or to the side a little bit. And then the third guy came in having an opportunity to put it on net because the defense is scrambling, everybody's kind of all over the place. And there are a lot of times where that third man can come in and clean up And again, if you don't have the accuracy or you don't know how to line yourself up effectively, uh, you can miss. So being good at that and being able to put something on target or with accuracy is a very valuable trait.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, even like you mentioned earlier, like we're doing this on the day that uh, Energy Just won Worlds, um, you saw Turbo Pulsar literally come in and clean up goals with excellent placement and like good shooting mechanics for like multiple hat tricks. Like mm-hmm. it is a super valuable role. And when you could put away your opportunities like that, especially when you play like a playmaker, like Justin on your team, like it it's super valuable. Right.
0: When you have somebody that can really clear the way and beat two defenders on a consistent basis, being able to do something accurately is crazy. Um, and, and just more valuable than you would think, uh, especially at a higher speed, you know, I'm, I'm in champ one, but I am trying to play a little bit faster and and position myself more effectively. So I can have more scoring opportunities and there will be games where I will get, you know, five or six shots and only convert one or two of them because I am unable to say like, I'm coming down the right side of the field, the ball bounces off the right wall along the goal or the next to the goal on the right, I very often, if it's bouncing high, don't jump high enough to be able to hit the ball straight ahead or down a little bit and I'll hit it above the goal or I won't be able to get the right angle and I'll just hit the post again or hit it wide. I can't hit it on the goal. And I've done that very consistently, and I've noticed that it's ruined a lot of scoring opportunities for me. So I've gone into, you know, custom trainings now and have given myself lots of high bounce shots. So I have to practice getting up in the air quickly, what it looks like and what it feels like to get in line with the ball so that I can convert those opportunities because if I'm converting opportunities, I'm winning games and I'm ranking up and that's definitely been one of my weaknesses, so it's funny that you say that's your strength because that's the one big thing that I've really noticed in my game that I struggle with that I'm right now trying to improve
1: that's uh yeah it's it's certainly certainly valuable and it can honestly go over a lot of heads because honestly like and a lot of a lot of the meta like meta right now, like on the surface, what it looks like is a lot of really fast like aerialing, like double touches, slippery sets, etc., and bumping. But um there's a lot of very like nitpicky like certain things that need to be um mastered as well. So that's something that um certainly can go overlooked but is just as vital.
0: I think that even Within the very aggressive games, and you could see it with Vitality and Dignitas and Vitality and NRG. There was one game where Scrub came out crazy, just trying to demo literally everybody on the field. I feel like he would have demoed his teammates if he could. Hmm. I think it was the game, it was like game two or three on Utopia. He was just going nuts the first 30 seconds. But besides that, it was very much like a possession series like people were trying to get passes they were trying to find open teammates they were trying to set things up like you weren't seeing a lot of bumps or demos or things of that nature at least not as much as you would see in like a space station
1: or nights series oh yeah certainly and um i think the reason like I, I mean those team, those are their play styles they're much more controlled um but like something important to note is that even though um it seems like the knights or the or space station like could like demo too much or like get over aggressive, which is sometimes true. I really respect the strategy in the sense that when you look at player like players in like vital- vitality and energy, like obviously they're incredible and have played in the game for a very long time. So like if you if you play in a standard fashion and you're just playing like boom ball with them or you're playing like in a very like uh cliche way, like they're gonna probably beat you because they're so used to it. But like when you can get in a team's face and really make them try to adapt to you, and like you play that certain aggressive style, it's very respectable because it's... I mean, it kind of was shown in league play other than like NRG because they're just so good. Like, like It really got in the way of how people understood the game, and they lost series because of it.
0: Well, and I feel like... I can't remember if it was Scrub or somebody on G2 at the dream hack that the peeps won one of them said like they were just so aggressive we didn't know what i didn't know how to respond i didn't know how to handle it and i think uh you know when you play in such a way that people aren't expecting it or not used to it uh it can it can really make people uncomfortable and don't not know how to respond
1: no absolutely that's like going back to what you said earlier kind of why like rocka can be like chess a little bit it's about like understanding like what what your opponent wants to do and trying to like interrupt it and trying to like put them in spots that they're not used to and you're trying to like assert like your plan and your will on the game and try to take them out of their comfort zone and being able to think ahead like that is something super important
0: so going back to you're shooting and being strong in that. Would you say that that was mostly just in game? Did that come naturally to you, or is that something that you spent a lot of time working on?
1: Um, I'd say a little of both. I think that I initially found that that was something I was good at, but I mean, I took a lot of time to like really improve on it and master it so that it could be a strong part of my game. Um, And even then, like I wanted to make sure that um, my whole game was well-rounded. So I didn't, I didn't necessarily like make it like try to make it like a staple or something of Mm -hmm. like, what I do or, like, what I'm, like, supposed to be good at. But, I mean, like, that's why I said it's kind of a little both because naturally that's kind of what comes to me and I improved on it like the other parts of my game. And it just ends up being something I'm a little bit stronger at.
0: As you were coming up through the ranks in Six Mans, if you had to break down into proportions time that you were practicing or training, you know, in free play and custom training, all of that kind of combined and times that you were uh, queuing and playing actual games, like where would you put that, uh, in a, in a ratio?
1: Um, are we including amount of times I spent an actual six man series or outside of six mans?
0: What do you mean by outside of six mans?
1: Like, um, so in like in six man series, like actually playing the best of fives in the server, mm-hmm. like is a certain portion of my time. And then, but also outside of it, like, are you just talking specifically about like free play and custom training and ranked?
0: So I I guess I would say like the ratio in between practicing like not in game and in game.
1: Oh, okay. Um I'd say um in game, I would I would say probably like a seventy thirty in game to out of game.
0: Okay, so you, you would say you spent more time playing in games than outside of games? Yes. Okay. Interesting. So would you say that uh, you would do a lot of learning inside of those games, or were you? would you say you're pretty comfortable at that point as you're getting better and better taking risks and making mistakes in those games then, or were you very focused on just playing the best that you could while you were playing the game
1: no uh definitely taking risks and making mistakes is a big part of improving um the reason i say 70 30 is because like i wasn't afraid to try like things i was learning um or try to implement different ideas etc in ranked or six bands because um that 70 percent where you're playing in is complemented by the 30 percent where you really try to hone those skills like in free play and custom training and workshops, etc. Like um, I, as much as it is valuable to practice them out of game, it's also probably even more important to take the time to implement them because you can know everything you need to know, but if you can't put it into your gameplay and practice it on a consistent basis, then it's not worth anything. So that's why I would say about a, I took about a 70 30 approach where Seventy percent of my time, I spent in game trying to apply those ideas that I had been honing, uh, and thirty percent kind of like as a complement to it, really trying to master them in like a very structured environment.
0: Sure. So, would you say that you were practicing them in that thirty percent as fast as you were trying to execute them in the seventy percent, or was the thirty percent slower than the seventy percent?
1: Um, I'd say that. The thirty percent, um, probably a little bit slower because when you have all of the space and time in the world to do things, um you're gonna end up like really taking your time to try to make sure everything is right and perfect. But in game you have to make decisions in a split second fashion, especially as you get higher and higher in ranks. So I'd say you can only you can only learn it to a certain degree in that 30% at a little bit slower pace until you get in game and you really just have to apply it at the snap of a finger, so.
0: Hmm, sure. What is, I think, one of the biggest revelations that I've had personally in the recent past is how casually when, especially when I would be in free play, how casually I would just kind of like drive around and hit the ball. And of course, like sometimes I would be, you know, going supersonic or I would be going fast, but I wouldn't necessarily challenge myself to try and hit a ball that was out of my comfort zone. So I wouldn't like hit a ball and then try and chase after it or hit a ball and go at an angle that I wouldn't necessarily normally go in. And so when I would transfer that into games, uh, you know, I would, try and be only go for very comfortable shots, which would usually make me much slower to the ball than my opponents.
1: Um, So I actually, um, I like what you said about that because I think free play is especially useful to learn um, like recovery mechanics slash speed because um, something that's very useful to do um, is you just in free plays, you hit the ball as hard as you can and then you do your best to follow it up as fast as you can. That's going to help you like increase your speed. It's going to help you um, learn recovery mechanics and like understand like what what surfaces interact with my car in what way. How do I and what scenarios uh, where my car is positioned in relation to the ball? Like what do I need to do to get to the next touch as fast as possible? What do I need to do in certain parts of the field? to recover and get the ball again. It's, it, that's what I'd say free play is very, very useful for.
0: Right. And I, I, most recently I have been, you know, just slamming the ball a lot in free play. And now I'm trying to focus more on slamming the ball, hitting it hard, but then also a trying to get to it faster and B putting myself in a position after that first hit that I can follow it effectively and after the second hit follow it effectively instead of just hitting it and then watching it fly away because I realized that I give the ball away a lot in my games and obviously you're a lot more effective and you score a lot more goals if you're in possession as opposed to you know always in 50 50s or challenging or chasing after the ball uh, giving your opponent the possession
1: yeah um possession um well what i said previously about free play and like hitting the ball hard and like um recovering very quickly to hit it again um as much as that is nice with no defenders on the field you often aren't afforded that luxury to be able to hit the ball hard and have no one contest you um so to it's not to be misconstrued with like how you should be playing in game because in game there's a fine line between like when you should be booming the ball and when you should be taking the time to control the ball and possess it because possession is like one of the single, like uh, most important factors in rocket league. Like being able, if just think about it this way, very simply, if you control the ball, you control um the pace of the game. And so mm if you're able to keep the ball close and you're able to touch it in specific ways you want to, you're going to end up controlling the pace. And if you're controlling the pace, you're way more likely to win. So there's a certain time and place to boom the ball and like try to follow it as fast as you can, but it's also equally as important to control it and take dribbles and take 50-50s. I, this
0: is a tough question and I'm, if there's no real way for you to answer this. That's fine. But I'm curious, especially at the, at the pace of play that you guys are at, you know, in, in the professional scene, like how many, how many times out of 10 or like, how often are you trying to really, uh, rake in the ball and take possession? And how often do you see yourself having to just get rid of the ball and then try and follow it up?
1: Um, I'm not sure I could give you an out of 10 because it, definitely depends on the opponent's play style. Yeah. But I'd say in general, every time that you have a lot of space on the field, like you have an opportunity to catch and dribble it, I'd say you do it because um, dribbling and catching the ball not only gives you a better chance to at least take one person on the opponent's team out of the play, by either f- taking 50-50 with them or flicking it over them, etc. It also buys a lot of time for your teammates to get boost but if you toss the ball away the opponent can boom it back and your teammates have effectively gotten less time to get boost less time to recover and get into position so um i'd say more often than not your objective should be when you recognize that you have space um to take it um but obviously not it's not like a rule that you need to always follow because there's always exceptions because sometimes like you could have the opportunity to catch and dribble in front of your net But maybe you're all boost starved and you can't really follow up on a 50. You just need the ball out of your zone. So that's also an appropriate time to send the ball downfield, even if it's only for a few seconds because you just need boost or you need just a few seconds to recover. So I'd say as a general rule, it's much better to try to catch the ball and dribble. But at the same time, there's a time and place for um, uh, booming the ball away.
0: How would you recommend practicing or improving at catching the ball? Like if it's coming down the field, catching the ball, making sure you're like, it doesn't pop up in the air or you have like solid control after it touches your car on that first touch when you're trying to take possession. Um, how would you recommend getting better at that skill? Because I'm sure there are a lot of people out there that think about doing something like that and just don't necessarily how to know how to maneuver, uh, and collect the ball so that they can do something effective with it immediately after that,
1: myself included. That's a good question. Um, I believe the two things, like two main important things that you could do to like effectively learn how to catch the ball and like make plays with it. One of them is play one V ones. I think this is what primarily one V ones are good for is, um, not a I, well 1v1s are mainly good for one being able to catch the ball and make a solo play and two being able to defend the 1v1 um so in this case if you're trying to take your time out of your half and catch the ball effectively you definitely need to grind 1v1s watch watch good players play 1v1s watch how they catch the ball and try to emulate it um and for example you could watch just recently like the NAE salt mine that johnny boy did um that's something effective like you can trying to emulate how pros do things is always a good idea. Um, Also, um, the other thing you can do is obviously, uh, like, dribble challenge maps. Like I mentioned earlier, like, um, all the dribble challenges that are available are going to help you immensely in being able to catch the ball and manipulate it in ways you want to. So if you just put a decent amount of hours into grinding those things, you will certainly see an improvement and be able to uh, catch the ball effectively in your half and make a play on it.
0: How many hours would you say that you've put into dribble challenges?
1: Uh, dribble, for me personally, dribble challenges not so much. Um, I didn't play them. I haven't played them all too much, to be honest. But honestly, it's because I was at a certain point where I kind of understood most of the things I needed to know already by the time they came around. Um, and in terms of like one v ones, I actually never spent a lot of time in one v ones where I wish I would have. Um, because I know a lot of really good players came up through 1v1s, um, because I do teach you a lot of valuable things about controlling the ball, especially in the 3v3 environment, but I ended up learning a lot of like that controlling the ball aspect in 2v2, which i say still is effective, but I do think it took me a longer time than I wish it would have.
0: Yeah. So if you, do you queue ones at all?
1: Right now, um, really not all too much. Um, for me, like. Like I said, what I feel like 1v1 is especially useful for is um, being able to catch the ball effectively and recognize your space and make those 1v1 plays and also defending the 1v1, both of which where I feel where I'm very comfortable in. So I I have no need really to play ones all that much. Mm-hmm. Um, But like it's much more effective for someone who needs to learn those aspects of the game, but yeah, so yeah. I don't I don't really queue ones. I mainly like, I I, I think threes is just the best game of, by far, no question, which is why I try to play as many six-mans as I can, or like uh, pick up games with friends, etc. Or just 3v3 ranked, queued with mm-hmm. people. Um, and then I think 2v2s are fine. I, I, I queue 2s more for fun than anything, but really I put all pretty much all my mental energy into threes.
0: Hmm. I can, I can appreciate that. I would, I would love to say that I don't need to cue ones. And I feel like you're exactly right that those uh, gaining those skills and working on those skills would be very effective or useful um, by playing a lot of ones. And going back to mentality, there are sometimes that I just beat myself up a little too much when I think that I can do something effectively and then just, Never do it effectively.
1: Yeah, hey, I mean, um, honestly, um, with what I said just, um, in my when the last thing I said, I don't want to come off as, like, I don't have anything to learn. I know it all because, obviously, I have stuff to learn. And, I mean, if I did start to queue on me more, I'm sure there are a few little nuances or things that I could learn still. So I wouldn't recommend anyone write off ones, kind of like how it sounded. Because looking back, i like... There's probably still a few things I could learn if I put a lot of time into ones, but in my current state where like I don't I don't especially the role I play on my team and like um what I already have ability wise in the one v one environment, I don't feel the need to. Um, but certainly even if for anyone listening, like, even if you feel as though you have like everything in one's like down pat, it's definitely still worth revisiting from time to time, either to sharpen what you already have or to gather new skills
0: well and you have dapper on your team so really if you ever needed to practice 1v1s you could get stomped by him for a couple hours and be pretty
1: good (laughs) i have i have a 1v1 dapper i think twice um i mean like in two separate sessions and i think i played him in like uh, probably like seven or eight games total, and I barely squeaked out one win. <laughs> hey, that's
0: uh, that's not bad.
1: It's not bad, but he really, I mean, I sometimes I lose by a lot of goals. He really shows me what's up. And I, I can hold my own a little bit better against Matthew, but it's not by much.
0: <laughs> what is it about Dapper's 1v1 that makes him so good?
1: Um... Well, obviously, first and foremost, the amount of total hours and ones games he's played. Obviously, you come to understand the game mode so much better when you have played it that much. Um, sure. But really, what sticks out to me is that, um, and he said this himself. He knows exactly what he can get away with. Um, when there's like there's these just certain times where I'm like, "Dap, there's no way you're going for that." Like <laughs> that is so dumb. And he's like, "No, it's not." Like. I know exactly what I can get away with against C and I'm like that's very interesting because that's a certain level of being able to read your opponent and their tendencies and like understanding like one your recovery skills to like what touches are effective and and three basically like I I know exactly how things are going to turn out because I have so much experience doing it.
0: So partially I mean besides the mechanics and and having a high skill in the game, it's just knowledge.
1: It's a lot of knowledge, yes. Hmm.
0: So what you're saying is it it pays to pay attention while you're playing the game.
1: <laughs> yes, it, it definitely. Paying attention to the fine details really is something that I, I'd bet a lot of people don't do enough.
0: I feel like I've spent at least, and it could be more than this, uh, at least... 1500 to 1600 hours and and maybe even more just kind of like wanting to get better at the game and you know I would just kind of naturally improve because again you know spending time in the game spending time working on things you're going to improve but a lot of that time especially in game was very mindless and not really necessarily paying attention to when I'm making a rotational mistake or a gameplay area or or things of that nature. So those mistakes would just be repeated over and over and over again. And it hasn't been until really this year, uh, the past five or six months where I've really paid attention to like, oh gosh, this is a rotational mistake or wow, I missed this kind of shot over and over again. Um, And I think that can be very consistent, you know, whenever and look, I make mistakes, but whenever I see a teammate in a game, uh, blame me for something, I just want to, I want to remind them as kindly as I can, which usually doesn't end up happening because I know that I can't do it kindly. And when you can't say anything nice, you don't say anything at all (laughs) that they're in champ one too. So they're probably making plenty of mistakes themselves.
1: That's uh, a, it's a super important point to make. And actually something I was going to segue to before you brought it up is that um, even like one of the easiest cop-outs in Rocket League is to blame your teammates for X, Y, and Z. Um, but like, it's so, so essential to your mindset and your ability to improve that even if your teammate whiffs a rolling ball and it flies in, and it just rolls into your net, like it's so important in every situation to find something that you could have done better because The closer you look, the more easy it is to see, like, honestly, like, how bad you are. Like, (laughs) I I, and like, that's somewhat like harsh language. But like, I really mean it because kind of what I've gone through as a player is like, when you really like, when it really comes down to it, like, I take a I take a moment, like look at myself in the replay and I'm just like, wow, I really suck. Like, that is so bad. Why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? blah 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 like it's seriously like it's so eye-opening to take a second look at yourself and understand like there's so many little things that you do wrong that you're just not going to realize unless you really allow yourself to be wrong allow yourself to make mistakes and that's where a lot of like improvement came for me um in terms of like a time frame like what I was talking about earlier, like about two years ago, and that like rank A to like X transition is my mindset changed. I went from why are my teammates doing this to me? I deserve this. I deserve this. Why won't the rank X council vote me in? It's just like at the end of the day, the only thing you can control is yourself. So if you take the time to understand, like, and tell yourself in the most, in, in the nicest way possible, I suck and I need to get better. It is such a huge stepping stone improvement. I can't even emphasize it enough,
0: yeah, the way that the way that I would say it and and not necessarily even to the point where you're trying to like carry or be a hero, but everything in the game is your responsibility, like if you get scored on, and of course, you know there are those outliers where your teammate just makes a complete whiff and Not to say like you want to point a finger and get mad when that happens, but at the same time, like take responsibility for everything that happens in the game. So if you get scored on, it might not have been the exact thing right before the goal that you did. And there's something along somewhere in the game, a rotation you made or taking a shot or not looking for a pass or something like that, that you did that led to the other team having an opportunity to score a goal. So look for those things and consider the game in that way because then you're always creating an opportunity for yourself to improve as opposed and as opposed to an opportunity for you to point a finger at somebody else on your team.
1: Yeah, um I I certainly still fall into the trap myself. It's it's very hard to be perfect mindset-wise with rock league because there's a lot of things that are frustrating. A lot of the things, a lot of things that end up do being out of your control. So, like, I mean, on on like some occasions, like on my stream or something, like if I'm just playing ranked and things just really are kind of sucking and not going my way, like, of course you can get frustrated. Like, it's okay to be frustrated every once in a while. I mean, like, it's okay to tilt like it, every once in a while, as long as it's not like a pervasive issue. Like, obviously, some things don't go your way, and I'm not preaching like you have to be. You have to be uh, non-judgmental all the time. Uh, you should, your everything's your fault. Nothing like is your teammates' fault. Like that's not what I'm saying because that's I think that's what a lot of people end up falling into as well. When like I give that advice or other people give that advice, it's like, well, you don't see my teammate like whiff those openness. You don't see my teammate let those goals in. But it's like it's a certain level of humility you have to accept and you have to understand the like, even like it's okay to tilt and it's okay to like be upset sometimes, but it's also so important to have the other like 95% of the time you're playing to be about yourself and to understand that you need to do things better.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I try to think about it in terms of, re- I appreciate what you had to say there and I'm trying to put it into like my own thoughts about how, that connects to ranked because so often you know people will be like oh i would be this if my team teammates weren't so bad on a consistent basis and i feel as if if you're good enough you can play even when you make mistakes you can play well enough to cover your team and yourself that you would be able to move up in the ranks uh so it's i don't ever want to think that it's a somebody else's fault that you're where you're at that's not a healthy thing to do
1: exactly and like something i i um kind of said briefly earlier and something else i was explaining like the the worst thing you can do is feel as though you deserve anything um entitlement
0: is not good
1: (laughs) entitlement is gonna hold keep you down in this game for as ever long as you feel it because telling yourself you deserve something automatically takes away any, like, responsibility you have in not being where you want to be. Like, I am entitled to Grand Champ because I am good enough, and I know I'm good enough. Well, if you took took the time to realize that, like, there's always something you can do better, there's always, like, the game doesn't owe you anything, your teammates don't owe you anything, like, you just have to really make the path yourself, and it's not going to be, like, given to you for free. Like that's the point where you're going to see the biggest improvement. And that's the point where you're going to understand that um nothing is going to be free in this game. Nothing is going to be given to you through luck. It really has to be earned.
0: Yes. I I mean, we should just end the podcast right there because that I And that it's so easy to fall into that. I want to say like it is very easy to fall into that, especially once you have hit a plateau of sorts, like once you get to a place where you aren't improving on a consistent basis, like once you get to the point, kind of what you said, that this is, this is a hard game, like in to improve, you really have to put in work, but there are, everybody kind of gets to a certain point naturally and then you know, you kind of hit that wall, but you're used to ranking up, but you're not ranking up, but you're still putting in the same amount of time. Uh, it's that, it's that like, I should be ranking up because I'm used to ranking up and I'm still putting in time, but now I'm not ranking up. Like that entitlement can sneak in there. And it, it certainly has for me a little bit and not just Rocket League and in, in many different things in life. So always be on the lookout for like how, you're thinking about the game. And I always try to keep an eye on how I'm thinking about the game because I need to be thinking about improving. And like you said, shock why I suck (laughs) so that I can be mindful of having a focus on improvement as opposed to like, I'm just going to play and eventually I'll get grand champ because I'm playing lots of games.
1: (laughs) Yeah. um, And honestly, I do attribute like, I mean, you notice like in ranked, like you said, a lot of times you see like, oh, I would be this rank except my teammates because this and this. Because I feel like that in like entitled mindset often stems from just the average young age in Rocky League. And I can certainly say that's a big problem in my mindset like two, two and a half years ago is even though I was still like 16, 17, I was still feeling entitled to things. I was still feeling like, why has um the game forsaken me? Why, uh, <laughs> why, why have things not fallen in my lap? I keep playing the game and nothing's happening for me. And as soon as I shed that mindset, like so much improvement and like success came my way. And I really wish upon everyone who like, I mean, like, obviously it's, a, I, I do think truly think it's a symptom of age in a lot of case, cases, but I don't know if like, if, if this kind of like mindset applies to you, you really take the time to like really analyze, like it re- it really is like a time for like a change and like understanding that like the only way you can succeed is by working for it and hard work will always win.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I'm old and have gone through the same things. So you know, I, I certainly wouldn't say if if you don't watch out for it and, and find it in yourself that that is the case and that's what's going on, it will last a really long time um, and can go on, you know, for years and years until you're old like me. And then yep. you'll get to my age and be like, wow, I'm still Diamond 3. What the heck is going on? Because uh, I, I mean, not to go in a completely different direction, but. We're still in a very early age of this whole like video game thing and esports being what I would consider socially acceptable. Like, you know, like you being 19, uh, and you know, people uh move on and people get new hobbies and people change professions and things of that nature because uh, you know, people just get older and and change like but i i feel like there will be more people like when your generation and younger generations are older there will be more people playing video games on a consistent basis than there are in my generation and there already are a lot of people that still play video games that are my age but i feel like it will be even more uh so this whole like entitlement thing or ranking up or whatever like it it could certainly carry on uh beyond just an age or like a, a specific demographic of age.
1: No, absolutely. It's, it definitely does go past age. Um, I, I think it's definitely correlated like age and that entitlement mindset, but if you never really like specifically like take a look at yourself and try to analyze like how you think about the game, how you think about just things in general, because it goes far past rocket league. Um, and there's a lot of things in life where you might definitely. feel entitled to it, but like, if you're gonna get like that job you're looking for or you're gonna get those good grades in like college, it's really about it's it's about understanding that you need to work for everything and nothing mm-hmm. is gonna come easy. And if something does eventually come easy, it's a nice surprise, but it doesn't happen often. So
0: And it's usually because of all the work that you put in beforehand.
1: Yeah. It's yeah, it's all stems from hard work, no right. doubt.
0: Right. There's, there's no there's not really any such thing as uh overnight success. So I don't want to take all of your time for the rest of eternity, but I feel like we could keep on talking about all kinds of things. So I have a couple more questions for you uh, before we start winding down. The first one would be, um, what is something that you saw in your game recently uh, that you have spent a good amount of time on to improve and have seen that show up in your game now that is something you can more rely on than you used to be able to rely on it.
1: Um, I think recently something that I've become much better at is um, an ability to cut off the play in midfield. And what I mean by that is I really, I think I have gained, I mean, just over the course of time playing like better and better players, gained a way better understanding of what people want to do with the ball and how people are going to execute it. And I kind of like to refer to it as um, car language, similar how you would say body language, like Mm. being able to read a car's movements and like behaviors and understanding where the ball is going to go next, what they're trying to do is really important. And that's a very nuanced thing that comes with thousands of hours in the game. Um, Especially with like better and better players becoming more and more elusive. Like, Obviously, like, just easy example, Justin, like, like, you could have so many hours in this game, but he's so elusive that, like, you could never really read what he's doing. Like, but, like, in that sense, like, something that's improved for me recently is, like, uh, over time with experience playing against these really good players, I'm finally starting to get a real good grasp of cutting off what they want to do, uh, especially in midfield, which is what I referred to, like, cutting off passes, cutting off clears being able to effectively deny what they're trying to do is something that I've become much better at recently. So Mm -hmm. I think that and like reading like the car language and what people are trying to do is kind of what I've improved at.
0: That's really, that's such a cool way to put that car language and like just having a better understanding of the flow of the game. That's cool. And not what I would have expected. You would say I would, I was expecting something like mechanical or something very, (laughs) uh, like, Oh, now I just flick the ball a lot better and (laughs) that moves the fall forward. But that's a, that's a really interesting answer. And so I, I've been thinking, I haven't been thinking a lot about how Justin plays the game, but on the last or a couple episodes ago now, um, I had silent echo the old coach for ghost gaming. Um, And he was talking about Justin a little bit, and so I've I've been trying to pay attention to that because so many people talk about how Justin can just carry the ball in such magical ways across the field, and I've you know everybody knows that he can air dribble the ball and control the ball in the air so well. So I really tried to pay attention to it this weekend, and it I mean it really is bonkers.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it is. How
0: well he moves around, and like even this weekend, I feel like he his car got hit more than I've seen in the past. Like before it would be him and the ball just moving together as one across the field. Mm. And there was just nothing, anything could do about it. Anyone could do about it. But I I saw him get bumped in the air more. So maybe like people are getting a little more privy to like how to comprehend the phenomenon that is (laughs) Justin. But at the same time, he makes people miss so
1: much. Yeah, uh, just so, like to expand on that, uh, I've had the privilege of playing like uh, a decent amount of rank S slash rank pros like series, like in six man series with him, and there's only two players. Ah, well, actually, scratch that. Three players I've ever played against who. Even to this day, I still can't comprehend how they're beating me to the ball and how they're doing the things they're doing. And that's Justin Jnapps and Alpha fifty four. <laughs> I I legitimately like in the series against Justin, I try to read him, I try to like block the ball, I try to do whatever I can to get in his way, and he still just makes me look like an idiot. And I I, I still can't comprehend it. And I'm sure some people as of recent are maybe at least catching on a little bit because they've had so much time to play him as compared to me. But like, that's definitely, he's still just like such a phenomenon. And I heard someone on the cast for the World Championship today, he's like a once in a generation type player. And that's something I completely agree with. Just crazy. Just unreal.
0: I I think it'll be really interesting. You know, going back five or six years, I watched, I can't remember what year it was that evil geniuses uh won the international dota competition do you pay attention to dota at all no i do not okay so there was this one guy that was on the evil geniuses uh international championship team his name was fear and at the time they called him old man fear but he was 26 so like he wasn't that old (laughs) but they called him old man fear and he's like been trying to continue to play. And I think he might still play on some team, but you, you know, now he's pushing 29-30. He might as well be in a nursing home <laughs> as far as like games go. Uh, I think it will be interesting to see how long somebody like Justin lasts in Rocket League. And you know, there there will obviously be ups and downs in winning and losing, and you know, Justin uh might not win every RLCS championship uh, here on out just because they got this one. Uh, but he's clearly an effective player and only has the potential to get better right now. So I, I'm really interested to see what the lifeline over time of a Rocket League player looks like um, and how, you know, new talent comes up and how it compares. And I guess just how RLCS evolves on the whole, because they're, you know, five or six years from now, there will be more than enough players that deserve to be in RLCS, but it's just going to get more and more competitive. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out and how age, you know, plays plays a part in that. Uh, because you know, Sunless Khan just did a video about a nine-year-old that's a GC, like he's you <laughs> oh know, my right. Know that. So it's, it's crazy to think, like, this kid is a GC, and, you know, he might just be a low GC, but he's still GC, and he's still six years away from even considering being able to play in RLCS. And not that that's a goal, but still, like, you foster this kid for six years, and he could be a monster. <laughs> and in six years, Justin's going to be 23. Is Justin going to be playing Rocket League at a pro level for six, like, another six years? Like that's usually how long somebody's career is and he's already been playing it for 2. I don't know. I just think that's interesting.
1: It really is because I mean, well, I'm I'm about to turn 20 in 2 days and like I I already feel very old compared to the rest of the Rocket League player base. And like we have such a like a young average age and I think that does breed like I in general you find that younger players really just have like those crazy mechanics. And then, like, lack the like game understanding. Yeah. Um. And like, I'm hoping I have a decently long career because I feel like I'm about to get replaced real quick by someone like some 15 year old who's just miles faster than me. Uh, <laughs> it really is. It really is quite a spectacle. And I, I honestly, it honestly, sky's the limit to how this game is going to evolve with new and young players in the future.
0: To a certain point, though, like you. You can only go so fast in this game, right? Like you have supersonic, you can go supersonic on the ground. You have boost in the air. You can use up to a hundred boost in the air. So like, do you, how, I don't, I don't even know what the, the question is there, but I feel like when you say somebody that can play faster or, you know, getting replaced by somebody younger, like, do you see the game getting that much faster
1: Um, I'd say definitely, uh, faster is a misleading term in Rocket League. What I mean by faster is that someone who understands the game in a different way than I do, that allows them to be better than me. And that's very, it's very vague. I know, but like, it makes sense though. Yeah. Like I, there's a certain, like I'm at a certain point, like just about to turn 20 where, I'm understanding the game in a way that I probably, I probably won't understand the game in much of a different way for the rest of the time I play it. But like someone who's 14, someone who is 13, who has all this learning left to do. And like the brain is developing at such a different rate at that time. Like when you're able to connect the dots and such someone, like I guess like Justin, like when he first like started playing competitively, when he's fifteen, like he's a once-in-a-generational type player because he understands the game and the mechanics in a different way than I do, and I I do attribute that a lot to age, because when uh, when you're at that age, like like like, it's, like it's much easier like, like to refer to chess again, much easier to learn chess when you're eight than when you're twenty five. And it's because the way the brain works and the way it develops. So, like, I think that has a lot to do with, like, this sort of, like, different kind of, like, understanding the game. It's not necessarily physically faster, but it's understanding the game in a way where, like, it's just going to be better than the way I understand the game.
0: Do you feel like, with enough watching, replays, practice, analyzing it, that you could ever, like, take your game to another level like that? Or do you, I mean,. I guess I'm I'm a very optimistic person and I feel like there is certainly opportunity with, again, you know, study and learning and practice that some evolution can still be made or some progress can still be made.
1: Oh, I mean, most certainly. I, there's still – I mean, obviously I just like hit RLCS and I still have plenty to learn about the game and I do find that there's still plenty of room for me to like – evolutionize and like really understand the game better or in a different light. Um, so I, I do think that is true. But what I also think is that like at a certain point, there's going to be a time where like I've hit my peak and as sad as that is to think about, it's just reality. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then maybe some, some kid who's 12 now and ends up being 15 and, and maybe at that point, the way he understands the game is going to end up being better than the way I've evolved so, like, to understand the game. And even if like I could still maybe evolve to catch up with that sort of understanding, maybe it's at a point where like, I just can't, and I've hit my peak, you know? So like as much as um, I see both sides of it, I do think there is room for me to like uh, learn the game in a different way. But at the same time, I think there's a certain cap and that's just how kind of how it works for everyone. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I hope that is somewhere very far in the future. Me too, me too. (laughs) Well, last question really quick, and then we'll start winding things down. Uh, What is some advice that you would give to somebody in the... I mean, and I feel like you could apply any advice anywhere uh, because, you know, improvement is improvement. But somebody that's in the Champ 1, Champ 2 area, if they had to start working on one thing or you know not spreading themselves too thin working on one thing what would you recommend and how would you recommend going about that
1: i would say um the one thing that i could always recommend is the fundamentals of the game so being able to effectively and consistently apply the fundamentals every time you touch the controller is something that will take a lot of people far because um, a lot of do, a lot of people do get the misconception that like the game the winning this game is about being able to perform the nastiest slippery set or the, the best double touch or like having the best mechanics. But when it comes down to it, all those pros who you see do it, all those good players who can do it, the only reason they can is because they have the fundamentals to back it. So if you really take the time, to i'd say the three biggest things to understanding fundamentals are one watching pros and how they approach the game how they approach the simple touches how they approach the the clears the just the regular hits that like aren't flashy mechanical like just the the very very basics of how to like succeed in rocket league comes down to those simple quote-unquote, easy touches that end up only being easy when you've really mastered the fundamentals. So that's that. And that's two, um, putting in the hours to apply what you learn from watching them into your own game. And that just takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of focus. There's no shortcut. Um, And three, um, once you get to that point where you've mastered those fundamentals and you can call yourself consistent, Rethink it again and get more consistent because you can never be good enough at the fundamentals.
0: Yeah. Nice. I I like that, especially the rethinking part, like always be in a mindset of improvement and like, I'm here and I feel good about that and I know that there's something better. Absolutely. Nice. Okay. That was really good and I'm still going to ask you because I ask everybody, um we I I have a very consistent breakdown of how I end the show and the first part is any final thoughts that you would like to share with all of the viewers excuse me listeners of the show
1: um just overall um even if it doesn't apply like personally to a specific person watching another um I personally appreciate every second I've gotten to spend playing this game and also, like, having people support me. Uh, So if you can find that happiness in this game where you can enjoy every second and you surround yourself with people that support you and want you to succeed, there's no better, like, fulfilling feeling than that. So I'd say if you're going to spend time like taking this game seriously or trying to get better, just do it with people that you love to be around because that will make every second of playing the game worth it.
0: Nice. Good one. Okay. Phase two of ending show is you, uh, telling people if they would like to follow you more or see what else you have going on, uh, where they can find you out on the internet.
1: Uh, great, so uh, if anyone would like to, um, one, hear more from me, to support me, or three, uh, watch me stream Rocket League, see um, what I'm all about, how I like to play, uh, so firstly, um, I always tweet when I go live um, uh, streaming on Twitch, so my Twitter is at uh, shock underscore RL, um, my Twitch is also shock underscore RL. Uh, and I, uh, would greatly appreciate anyone stopping by just saying, hi, I love to talk. Uh, and I just, um, love making, uh, new acquaintances, new friends. I love the game and I love talking to people. So
0: nice. And both of those will be linked down below, but be sure to check that out. And hopefully sometime in the future, there will be a chess stream as well. Cause that would be, <laughs> I hope be so. Fun. I plan to. Nice. Okay, and then the last thing before we call it quits is I like to have all of my guests guests, guests, <laughs> uh, ask a question of the audience. So if there's anything curi- that you might be curious about uh, in terms of hearing from the Rocket League community or the great group of folks that uh, listen to this show, uh, this would be your opportunity to ask that question.
1: Um... If I had to choose one question um, to ask any uh, listener would be um, what is one thing like one like new unique thing you want to see added to a uh, competitive rocket league?
0: Wait, what did I'm, what do you mean by that?
1: Like, um, like a, a lot of people recommend like, like, adding like uh a new like height to the map or like maybe adapting or trying like 4v4 or like in the ranked playlist or maybe like uh adding more boosts in different parts of the map or like that kind of thing
0: oh gosh i don't even do you have something for that like what what would your answer be? I mean, at?
1: I I personally don't, which is why I'm asking because Yeah,
0: I don't either. Like <laughs> I, I think Rocket League is I think it would be fun to have like a bigger map and more people. I think that would be kind of wild and interesting. Um but like I love Rocket League the way that it is. <laughs> yeah.
1: So maybe asking specifically competitive Rocket League isn't the right uh framework. Maybe just one thing you want to see like attempted to be added to like um, Rocket League in general, like a unique idea that maybe would spice up the game, or like make mm. make like like a new like possible like ranked playlist for it. But you know how like um uh Overwatch like and League of Legends do like those like separate like side modes.
0: Uh huh.
1: And yeah. like ad- adaptations on the main game, and obviously yep. like we have stuff like that with like the extra modes like hoops and like uh Rumble, etc. And stuff or, like Spike Rush recently, but like stuff specifically like in, like, the competitive rank playlist that maybe you'd want to see, like, tried.
0: Huh. I think having, like, taller ceilings would be interesting. I think that would be interesting. A little bit more space to play in. Like, those maps that Lethemir makes that are just gigantic. The longer fields, yeah. Yeah, those those are always pretty interesting. So, I think something like that would... It would certainly change the way that the game is played a little bit. Yes. Hmm. Cool. Well... Uh, good question. Be sure to answer that uh, out there on the internet, on Twitter. Would love to hear from you. And of course, you can always uh, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm slash chasing GC to leave a voice message to answer that. Um, so uh, before we shut this down, Shock, thank you again so much for uh, taking the time to hang out with me and chat about the game, especially here on Championship Sunday. It's such a nice uh, time to uh, be talking about some Rocket League. It's always when people are most excited right after a LAN. And this was no different. It was, it was a great day. Um, lots of good series today. Uh, but thank you again. It was uh, certainly enjoyable for me. Lots of good learning. And I appreciate you sharing your thoughts and feelings about the game and how you look at it. Um, but that's all from me. Uh, this podcast is over. Okay.